1: I would guess because I've not listened to the news in over two years, but I see on my phone it pops up how that people don't want to go to church anymore. Well, I don't know what they're talking about. I wouldn't buy into all what the news says. I still believe that God, people are seeking God. And I believe that the greatest days for the church could be yet ahead. I grew up in an era 15 minutes from here where you could not buy gasoline on Sunday, gas stations were closed, you could not go buy bread or milk on Sunday, in this area, because they were closed, Montgomery Wards was the first one to try to open up on Sunday afternoon, they opened up from 1 to 5, they lost money, but they said we're going to stay with this, well they did, there's no Montgomery Wards anymore, Sears was there to follow, and Sears is about gone as well. And you know, you just could not go shopping on Sunday. You could not get gasoline on Sunday. Uh, you had to go to church on Sunday. That's just the way it was. And that's in my lifetime. Things have changed so much. I had a fellow in college who gave me a sticker. said I'll get to preach in a minute. Sunday's the Lord's Day, a holy day, not a holiday. Won't you? I long for the day to see these buildings packed Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And God could do that Amen. all over the nation. And good things are happening. Don't buy into all the negativity. Don't buy into the fact that it's hopeless, it's over, and uh, that, that you know, it's just going to be this way. I, I don't think so. It may be that on your doorstep, but not on mine. I believe that God is still able. And we get we get low enough, maybe we'll look up. That'd be great. I'm excited about the message today because it pertains to every person. It it pertains to a brother who's the eldest of the family. With your siblings, it pertains to every lady, every man, every CEO, every business leader, every widow, every widower. It applies to every pastor. When I was in college, I joined, uh, they had sororities and societies, sororities for girls and society for men. And the sororities, societies I was, uh, for the men were all named after the Greek words of preachers. The best society everybody was in, I was not, was called K-R-U-X. K-E-R-U-X K-R-U-X is a word that refers to a pastor. We have several pastors up here, other pastors in the auditorium, and it's in my prayer list journal every day. I want to be a K. Rook. It's a preacher. I don't want to just share. I want to preach the word. Jesus preached. He, to K. Rook means to lift your voice and speak with authority. Now, there's another word that refers to a pastor called didaskalos. It's a Greek word. He's a teacher. And I want to be a teacher. Second on my list is where I'd be a K-Root. Third on my list is that I'd be a a, a, a didaskalos, a teacher to the assembly of the Word of God. There's a Greek word that refers to a pastor, sometimes called bishop, and it's the episkopos. He oversees the assembly. He is going to give an account to God how he oversaw the assembly. That's why I keep my eye open all the time. I've been taking roll up here. Who's missing today? That's my job. Because God's people are my sheep, I want to know who's missing. I want to pray: Are they sick? Are they traveling? Keep them safe as they travel. There's another word called elder presbyteros. Presbyteros sounds like he's the president of the assembly. That's the last thing I pray for. The overseers, the fourth to last. The teachers, the third to the last. The preacher is second. But the first thing God placed it in my heart in the late 60s in Bible college is the heart desire of my life. The greatest calling I think I can have as a pastor, the greatest desire I have, I joined the society called the Poi Maine Society. It was not really going anywhere i wasn 't a great leader, but I thought, yeah, I want to be part of not the not the not the society that 's every well known I want to be part of something that 's not doing anything. And I became part of the poi main p o i m e n poi society. Little did I know that that was going to be the desire of my life. God had already created me for this purpose, but i didn 't know it. I was a staff member after college graduation. And I, I loved being a staff member. I'd to have been a second man my entire life. I thought it was a wonderful thing. I served two pastors. I loved it. But God had a calling in my life to be a poimen. What is a main? It's to be a shepherd. The word pastor is the word shepherd. So we have pastor, a principal, pastor of our school, Brother Fanera. We have a pastor, Everson, pastored 19 years, the same church. Now he pastors our college. We have Brother Martinez, uh, one of our pastors in this church and these pastors here and others. They are shepherds. And today I'm coming to you after this, uh, the subject found in verse number 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. God says, I want you to take heed to thy flock. One day I'll get old and die. You can get a preacher very easy. You can get an overseer very easy. You can get a president very easily. You can get a teacher very easily. Number one, look for a shepherd. I wanna bring to you a message today about taking heed to the flock, the shepherd. I'm a shepherd. For 47 years of the great North Valley Baptist Church, I'm your shepherd. I love being a shepherd. I want you to see some qualities. Mother, you're a shepherd. Shepherdess. Dad, you're a shepherd. Today, as we think of it, deacons in our church, we have a program called an under-shepherds program. We have 41 deacons. The average 40 families per deacon. One has 47, one has fewer, but almost all of them have about 40 there to pray for those families. They're to to, to ask God protection of the family. They're to try to pray for them as there's illness and sickness. And Brother brother Manuel, who went to be with the Lord, he had two faithful, three actually deacons that never missed stopping by and calling and checking up on them, bringing his name. Let's be sure to pray for Manuel Manuel Reyes. They are under shepherds. We have have Sunday school teachers. You're a shepherd. If you teach a Sunday school class, you shepherd those children. I can't get to fifth grade boys. I can't get to fifth grade girls. We have so many different fifth grade classes. But you can. I I think of our bus workers, Brother Flood, the B division, the C division, the other property. I, I don't drive a bus. I don't captain a bus. I come to bus meeting. I'm excited about the bus ministry. 1.5 million riders have ridden our buses through these 47 years. But bus worker, you're the shepherd. That's why you go to Juvia Hall. That's why you go to jails to talk to the parents. That's why you go to the homes and try to help people the journey of life. Because you're a shepherd as a bus worker. Ushers! You're a shepherd for your area. There's a good usher in there. He, he shepherds this, this area. You shepherd your area. You shepherd that area. That area back there, Maria, I'm praying that Brother Sam will have the wisdom to put the right replacement in for your husband. Because Manuel shepherded that area. He knew the people in his area. He'd come to see him and pray for me. talk to him. An usher is a shepherd You just don't harness people and you throw them in here and say, okay, sit down right there. Oh, shepherd these people. Through the week, you think about this family has a need. Nursery workers, you shepherd the babies. I've never sat one time in the nursery and held the babies in our church and all the different nurseries. but, but, But thank God for the security. You shepherd the safety of these people. Leadership, you shepherd your ministry. Principal, you shepherd that school. You shepherd your flock. You shepherd your staff, school teachers. You shepherd business leaders. I wish I could have you raise your hand. I just saw one there everywhere. I have a whole page on my journal, your business leaders, your CEOs, your own your own company. I pray for you because if you have a business, you are shepherding people. You're shepherding clients. You're shepherding your staff. It's not all about you. It's about how can I help the people around me succeed in life. A shepherd. I failed to say hello to the Browns. I'm so sorry. Glad you're back home. I'll get back to you uh, from Virginia. Glad you're here. Family, you shepherd your children. Two of our kids have moved away. They're serving the Lord as pastors. But our daughter's here. Bless her heart. She's going to get stuck with us one day when we're elderly, way down the road, Tabitha. A pastoral is usually next to a rest home on Clyde Avenue, just a few blocks from here, our other building. There was never one time, never one time a traffic jam at that rest home. So oftentimes an elderly person is thrown into a rest home and forgotten. I pastor a man, he's my age exactly, we're a few months apart. He's lived in rest homes for 48 years. He has never had a family member once come to see him. He's never had a birthday gift from a family member. Parents are now gone, but they were alive for years. Relatives alive. It's wrong to throw someone in a nursing home and just say, see you later. You shepherd those old people, those weak people. Today we look at this thought of being a shepherd. Thank God for this scripture here. He says, I, I want you to take heed to yourself and to the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you an overseer to feed the, 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 the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. I'd like you to leave here today with a desire I'm going to go shepherd something. Mechanics, you shepherd the the shop out here. Keep those buses rolling. You shepherd one another and there's a camaraderie out there. All the the, the volunteer men that turn the wrenches on those buses. Thank God for you. Thank God for what you're doing that we can keep these buses running and pick up boys and girls and men and women in the house of God and shepherd their hearts. I want you to look with me as we examine the shepherd today. One, take heed to yourself. You're not prepared to lead someone else until you lead yourself. And you lead yourself to God. Look what he says in chapter number 20, verse number 28. Take heed, therefore, unto what? Mind your life. People that are small, mind everyone else's life. They want to correct every CEO. They want to correct everything in life. But God says it begins with you, shepherd. You learn to shepherd yourself. You're not prepared to shepherd people if you're not calm. As you study the life of a sheep, the shepherd leads them beside still water, not raging water. Sheep are agitated quickly. If you're an agitator, you have not learned how to calm yourself first. A shepherd, a dad said, Well, you just have to understand. I'm upset. I worked a hard day today. I, I tell you, son, said, sit down and shut your mouth. No, that's not shepherding, that's fear. You raise your fist and say, I tell you what, kids, and, and you scare your child or you scare your wife. You scare your loved one half to death because you're ready to hurt people. You're not calm enough to be a shepherd. When you're abusive to your wife or abusive to your husband with negativity and complaining and griping and almost everything, you're correcting all the time. No, you're not calm. Take heed to thyself. Are you caring? The shepherd cares for the flock. It's an amazing thing about sheep. You stop and think of me with me. Most all other animals don't need a shepherd. No one is taking the fish of the sea and shepherding them. They can get their own food. They can get their own nourishment. They know how to take care of themselves in the water. Do you know that snakes don't need shepherds? They can figure that out themselves. Do you know that lions, though there's a leader of the pack, lion doesn't need a shepherd. Bears don't need a shepherd. Deers don't need a shepherd. Cats don't need a shepherd. Dogs really don't need a shepherd. But sheep need a shepherd. We're told that sheep are the most ignorant of all animals. But sheep have, if you'll study the life of a sheep, have the more most emotion of all animals. They need to be loved. They need to be protected. They need to be cared for. You can read Psalm 23 and see all this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You don't fear when you have the Lord as your shepherd or the little shepherd, the under shepherd, 1 1 Peter 5 1 through 4. My dad's my shepherd. I don't have to to want. I don't have to be a, a lonely little girl and get hung up with some teenage boy at 15, 16 years of age because my dad's my shepherd. I shall not want. My dad, my shepherd, my pastor makes me to lie down in green pastures. He finds good places to nourish the flock. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. You get home from work, dad. You get home from work, mom. Are you restoring the soul of your child? Or is it all negativity and griping and complaining about your kids? Thou anointest my head with oil. Lions don't need anybody to anoint their head with oil. Sheep do. I've said it so many times through the years because sheep, they have nasal flies that get in their nostrils. And because their eyes are so full of mucus, they run. And insects see that running of the eyes and they lay eggs in the corner of the eyes of sheep and they lay their eggs in nostrils. But here's the danger. When a sheep gets infected because the shepherd's been careless, they go to another sheep, they stand face to face and they rub faces together. What the sheep is doing, they're spreading the insects and they're affecting the entire flock. And some of you have a person at your office, you're the CEO and that one is rubbing his head against the others, better deal with that sheep. You're gonna have to get them anointed with oil. An oil is an ointment to keep them from being infected in their eyes and their nostrils because they cannot care for themselves. Thou leadest me beside the still waters. Thou restoreth my soul. Thou, thou anointest my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because I've got a great shepherd and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. You know what that tells me? I'm looking not here. I'm looking there. Stop looking at government they will discourage you at all times. Stop looking to COVID-19 and talking about it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. It's gonna be around. Our president who's been boosted twice and had three shots on top of that has COVID again and the symptoms are twofold, a runny nose and a cough. They used to call that a cold when I was a kid. Now it's COVID-85 or whatever it is. Hey, I'm talking about don't get wrapped. They're going to come again again, folks. They're going to come. Don't get so focused here that you... There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith, we can see it afar. I'm going to a city called heaven. Take heed to your marriage. Take heed to your children. Take heed to your family. Take heed to your parents. Take heed to thyself. Look what he says in verse 28. Secondly, you're to pay attention to the flock. Number one, take heed to yourself and to all the flock. All the flock. You take care of all the flock. You know, the the flock, there are many people that you pastor in your flock that are easy to pastor. Oh. And that book that I'm writing, Nutcases I've Known. You might be sitting next to a nutcase right now. How many are sitting next to a nutcase? Hands are going up everywhere. Good, good, all right. You take heed to all the flock. You know everybody in this church is somebody. Thank God for poor people. Take heed to the poor people. Take heed to the rich people. Take heed to the single adults. Take heed to the divorced. Take heed to the widow, the widower. Take heed to the uneducated, the highly educated. Take heed to retired people. Take heed to new parents. Take heed to the lonely. Take heed to the suffering. All the flock, all the flock. Not what the flock can do for you, but what you can do for the flock. The pastorate is not what people can do for me. The pastor is, how can I take care of my flock? I read a, 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 I've got all these books on shepherds through the years. Keller writes several of them in Psalm 23 and John chapter 10. But I read a book not long ago on, on the shepherd. And the man was a CEO. He's passed away now. But he wrote a book about his part-time hobby, and it was sheep. He had 46 of them, and I was teaching a young man who was going to move into the business and eventually be a CEO of another company, and I was teaching him about the importance of caring for your flock, and he said, I-, I want you to take a stop with me today on this Saturday day off. He had blue jeans on. He went out, and he said, we're stopping at those sheep and the young man who was just getting ready to graduate in 1957 with his MBA, he said, these things stink. There's a foul order with these. But he said, it's the strangest thing. It seems like these 46 sheep are happy to see you. He said, I know everyone by name. Hazel, Henrietta, Henrietta. He began to name the names, female names and male names. He began to name those names. And the Bible says in John 10, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. And the goal of the shepherd is to care. So he looked at him and the young man said, What are you doing? He goes, I check them twice a day. Well, what are you checking? He said, I'm checking their head to make sure there's no ticks or fleas or lice or anything of that that nature and insects in their their head and the wool. He said, now what are you doing? He says, I check the hoofs every day. I check them head to hoof twice a day. And they come when I call them. I talk to them, every one of them. He said, you know the amazing thing that that sheep need to be cared for. Sometimes I hear people tell me their story of their problem. And unfortunately, sometimes I think that's such a that's not even a problem. It's not even an issue. But can I tell you something to them? It is an issue. Sometimes parents, your child comes with a little homework assignment, in mathematics, and it's not an issue. One plus one is always four. Some of you are going to have to figure that out real fast here. I'm doing high-end algebra or trig or something when I say that. But, but, but that's a trauma for them. Oh, just grow up and get with it and just do it. Shepherds don't treat sheep like that. So why are you preaching? Because we're approaching the fall. I want us to be renewed in our families, it's the family Bible time every night. I want us to be renewed in a schedule with our home. I want you to raise your children from a dinner table, not from McDonald's and Burger King and Carl's Jr. and Subway Sandwich and on and on and on it goes. Those things are treats once in a while, but you raise good kids from an evening table. You have beautiful. Music like for KNBC, playing soft, beautiful music and it's, it's well-prepared and families talk about positive things. They don't tattle on one another. You raise kids from a good table. They learn to appreciate the, the mother who made the meal and they learn to clear their plate. They learn to talk together and have family fellowship together. And the sheep are directed by a shepherd. In business, you better take some time for your sheep this week. Notice with you go back with me to John chapter 10. Will you turn there quickly and I know I'm out of time. In John chapter 10, verse number 3. Verse 1 says, Verily, verily, I saith unto you, he that entereth in not by the door of the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, is the same as a thief and a robber. He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name and he leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep and goeth before them, the sheep follow him, for they are Noah's voice. Stop right there. We're not done. Cattle are driven. Sheep do not respond to being driven. You don't go from the back and drive the sheep. You go from the front and you lead the sheep. And you young men that are pastors that are going to be pastors, you're studying for the ministry right now, you never want to ask your people to do something you're not willing to do. You always lead the way. And my sheep follow me, the Bible says, verse number four, five, a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of the stranger. Verse seven, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I said to you, I am the door of the sheep. Why would you have the shepherd be in the door? Because the shepherd, he, he, he builds a sheepfold. And he opens, it leaves the opening open. Why? The only way into the sheepfold is through the door. And the shepherd lies all night in the sheepfold door. Because if you're going to get into the sheepfold, you're going to have to go through the shepherd. Mother and dad, some of you better wake up and start laying in the doorway of your child's life. Keep them in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Pray with them, play with them, encourage them, be part of their lives. It's a joy. By the way, they'll be grown before you know it. And you'll look back and you'll have regrets that you did not take time for your own sheep. Look what the Bible says. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I'm the door. If any man enter in, shall be saved. The thief cometh not to but steal, to kill, to destroy. I'm coming, they might have life. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling, and not the shepherd, whose sheep are not, the wolf cometh and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, scattereth the sheep. A hireling. A hireling is one who does it as a job. He gets paid, so that's my job. But a shepherd is one that loves the sheep, whether there's pay involved or not. He careth not for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. Shepherd gave his life for the sheep. Today, as we close here, what a strange message on Sunday morning. Oh, no, every one of you are shepherd in some area. In business, in work. We've had such a, Tremendous success in this Christian school. 46 years is coming up on. All of our graduates. I look at those graduates now that were teenagers 46 years ago and their grandparents and kids that were in elementary are parents and grandparents now. How quick time goes. That Christian school has produced so many wonderful people because they've had school teachers and a mother and or father and sometimes parents and grandparents and a principal that's poured into their life to see that they can succeed in life. And they can do what they, it's an amazing thing whether for the jobs, the careers, the leadership, the skills, the success that so many of our graduates have experienced. Today, I want you to take heed to all the flock. In your home, you may have one of your children that are more difficult. You cannot train, t- teach, try, try, love sheep the same. You, you have the same love, yes, but every sheep is different, the shepherd said again this uh, this summer as I read a book every sheep sometimes you get a stubborn sheep and they'll want to affect the rest and the remainder of the sheep you have to deal with that sheep you have to get the attention of that sheep you have to get that sheep corrected so that that sheep doesn't harm those around them as we think of this today I've never watched Sheep jump sheepfolds. They just jump to another church because of they don't like people or whatever. I jumped to another sheepfold. The theology was wrong at my church. The shepherd was careless. But you take your stubbornness to the next church. It always happens. And I watched families through the years in churches all over America where I've preached. And before long, they're getting infections in the, uh, and they're taking their infection to the other church and all of a sudden, they're leaving that one. And then they try the next one and then the whole family's out of church. Your hope for your family is your church. Don't be foolish here. I've got a better plan. It's, you can't better God's plan. Forsake not this sum of yourselves together as the manner our is. I close, I love in Psalm 23, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. The word table in Spanish and Greek is the same word, it's the word mesa. And it, Hispanic, Spanish folks will know the word mesa is a flat place. Arizona, other places, they have mesas, they're flat areas. And the shepherd secures the sheep and he goes ahead and he goes up the mountain as he's going to lead his sheep up and then later down. And he goes ahead to see if there's jagged rocks and stones. He goes ahead to see if there's evidence of wild animals and beasts that are there. And he prepares a flat place and he stakes it and he puts his fence around it with the door open. Because there is no door, he'll be the door. And he leadeth them. He leads them to new pasture and to higher ground. And that's where he's saying a few verses later, I commit you to the word of God that will make you strong. Everyone needs to be a shepherd. And everyone needs to follow a shepherd. And today you're going to have to determine... You coaches in our sports here at the school, you're a shepherd. You're going to have to check those sheep a couple times a day to make sure they're healthy, they're strong, they're not infecting the other sheep, that they're doing things right. They're being raised in discipline and correction because the goal is to get that sheep to be successful in their life. I close. I have so many illustrations come through my mind. But isn't it amazing that sheep need a leader? Whales don't need a leader. Goldfish don't need a leader. Birds don't need a leader. Snakes don't need a leader. But your company needs a leader. Because here's what leaderless sheep will do. They always seek the cliffs. And the one who's made himself the leader of the flock, will come to the cliff and walk off and stumble to his death. But you know, they say that sheep, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, are the dumbest of all animals. The second one will follow, and the third one will follow, and the fourth one will follow. Everyone in this room is a shepherd to somebody. You're a shepherd of someone. It was a very strange day when my shepherd, my dad, and I was this pastor. He sat right there for 33 years. And my mother got too old to drive and handle their finances and handle their health. It was a very strange day when they said, son, We don't know how to pay these bills anymore. We don't know how to take care of these things. And Some of you are at that point, you're going to become a shepherd to an older mother or dad. You don't know what a trauma it is for a child to have to care for the parent. Not that you don't want to do it, it's just a, a sad thing but you don't know how hard it is for an older person to admit, I don't have that capability anymore. Do you think you have time to help me? Before my mother and dad moved to Santa Maria to be with my older sister, she wanted to care for them in those days. Dad could not drive, mother could not drive. They lived in this little apartment over here at Lick Mill i picked pick my mother up about 3.30 every Saturday to take her and get her hair washed. and Get her hair washed and get it set. And all the way there, she'd say, son, I'm so sorry that I have to take you from your busy schedule. I can remember saying to her repeatedly, mother, this is the thrill of my life. I'd regret not having this privilege. that it came time to pay It wasn't much. And a tip. Oh, son, I wish you wouldn't do it. Dad and I, we've got money. We'll pay for it. No, mother. You're in my care. As your parents get elderly, you love them. You love them. I never recommend you move to parents. I recommend parents to move to you. That's a whole other story.